0: Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, and sometimes, and whenever he feels occasion, like it, is Victor Adams. Just add another
1: adverb, <laughs> or adjective, sorry. That's right. I say, yeah. Hey, man,
0: you couldn't make it the other day. That's fine. That's fine. We, we're kind of penciling you know. in the once-a-month absence. You know, we've got a so good pinch hitter a, over here. we on rotation. And Deacon Jeff, so yeah. <laughs> I know, man, it's good to have you back this week. You know, it's, it's been a crazy week. We had yeah. the ice storm here in Memphis, and... Uh, I'm one of my family's one of the infor- unfortunate people that are seven days still without power. But, um, hey, you know, the Lord has given us a warm place to stay and in laws that, that are patient and <laughs> everything else. So glad to be in here doing this. We we couldn't the other day because, you know, where we do the the, uh, the podcast was out of power as well. So, um, we weren't able to do that, but we, we adapt, right? That's right, right. And we're adapting for the That's future, right? right? So, uh, one of the reasons we're building a studio is to have a little bit more control over things like that, right? Of when when we can be in places and all that stuff. So I want to you know bring everybody's attention back to that. I actually took some pictures uh, earlier. I went up by the house and they're able to still work construction. They got a generator over there. We're running out of powers, but they're running what tools they can off of that. And they're coming along, man. They've got the 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 uh, plywood up on the walls, the decking up. They're going to start ripping the roof uh, to to put it together, and then shingling it, and then the drywall come next. So Very soon, we're going to have Pew Ministry Studios up and running, and I'm just excited about it. I went over there, and I was just walking around in it and trying to get the the image, the layout of what we're going to do. And, and, you know, guys, this is all so that we can continue – To grow the ministry and to give more content, people always send emails in all the time. Go, man! I love the podcast. I just wish you guys did more. And when are you going to do a YouTube channel? So that we'll Well, have to brush our hair. That's right. (laughs) Well, you will. Nice. I don't have to brush mine. (laughs) I don't have any, but I'll brush my beard for and make it look nice. Process. We got to
1: really focus. That's right.
0: I'll shine mine up with some turtle wax. Make it look all nice. But uh, no, it's now we're going to have an opportunity to to build this YouTube channel and. Those things really give you the freedom to do whatever you want. You know, we'll be have, have the, the video version of the podcast there. You know, we can do live Q&As. Um, jump on at any time. Say, hey, we're going to do a QA and a in an hour on this subject matter. And take chat questions and all those things. You know, uh, in-person interviews. Now these interviews we've been doing over Skype, we can bring people in and actually have some people in studio and do long-form in, uh, interviews. And chop up the 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 talks and the material and put it out in you know bite-sized bites and all those things and and so we're going to basically what I'm saying here is it's going to allow us to grow content and put more and more stuff out there for you and really just help get what we're doing out there more and more. The thing is though there's a cost and I'm really just asking folks out there to really consider if you love the show, if you love what we've been doing, if you if we've helped you in any way over the years Consider helping us move to the next level. The studio equipment is going to be expensive. Ansel and I covered the building, right? And that's what we could do there. But the the stuff inside is going to be, you know, ministry stuff. And so we need cameras, we need lighting, we need furniture, we need all of these things out there. And they all cost money. I mean, you're looking at almost $20,000 worth of stuff that we need to pull off what we need to do. The training videos for the leaders of the men's group, all of those things that we're going to use with this beautiful studio when we get it done. But we need your help, you know. We need your help to fund it and to be able to get it off the ground. So anybody that is willing to do that, you know, we invite you to be part of the process and to be basically a producer on the show if you will mm-hmm. by donating money to help this happen. So you can do that at donorbox.org slash pew. Every little bit helps. You may be thinking, well, I can only give five bucks or 10 bucks. That doesn't matter. Every bit helps and gets us closer to the goal. We need to have this stuff in place and ready before the building is ready. So we could start as soon as the, the paint's up, the drywall's up, the, the furniture's in, we can get all this equipment up and going. We're bringing in somebody to help us with all that. So we need to start getting that stuff now. So Again, if we've helped you at all and you're feeling generous or you're looking for a good cause to help that you know is going to help people because we're going to use this to, to start men's groups all over the country, then give give to, to the, the studio effort that we're putting together here because it's going to be worth it. I promise you I'm going to spend all my time I can in there making that grow and be great. So, again, you can be part of that at donorbox.org pew or you can become a member of the Just a Guy in the Pew community and receive the Narrow Road for $25 a month. Any way that you donate helps. And helps us to achieve the goals and what god's put out in front of us so thank you for for hearing that guys and hopefully you'll you'll find it in your heart to give um men's groups that's our goal you know victor we keep we continue to book uh up these parishes and go and, and today that's what i did i spent almost all today day putting together the leader guide on what does a group look like what's the purpose of a group what is you know what does the team look like to lead it you know what are the different what is the format of the group and what's the structure all of those things i'm finally hammering that out and giving it to the marketing company so that we can start putting this out there and then when the studio gets up and ready then we can start filming the training videos for the leaders and all those things but that's what we're trying to do is go to these parishes equip the the leaders there to to run a strong men's group that's going to change that parish and change the lives of the families and the parishioners and and really help that that parish launch into a spiritual Uh, growth. you know, And that's what we've seen, Victor. We've seen it in our parish and in others. So if you're interested in that, and it doesn't matter if you're a guy that just says, well, I've got that desire in my heart, but I don't have the skills. I don't know what I'm doing. I was the same exact way. And look at what the Lord has been able to use with this broken vessel to do a podcast and all these other things, and to run a men's group for six years. He can do anything with you that you let him do. And so if you have that call, don't be afraid. That's what we're here for, is to help you because if the Lord is asking you to do that, you need to pay attention to that because you may be the key into getting that, that men's group going in that parish. So you want to bring us in, talk to your pastor, talk to the DRE, talk to whoever's in charge, tell them what we're doing, and then get on that page at Just a Guy in the Pew, go to book me and, and, and go there and put your information in and we'll get to you in contact with you and we'll schedule a date. We have a couple of dates in the fall already booked, but other than that, from May to the end of the year, we're wide open and we're ready to run. So just, you know, go to that site, call us in, and let us help you get something going that will last, fruit that will last, and change that parish. So, Victor, now all that's over. You know, we've been in this three-part series about becoming a disciple. Guys were writing in, asking about it, you know, saying, guys, you know, John, you're talking about this, but really break down the ways to become a disciple. And we looked at Mark chapter 1 in that first part where, you know, the very first thing Jesus says in in his ministry in that book is, in that gospel is, Repent and believe in the gospel. says he went to Galilee, and that's the first thing he said. So we looked at this, and then shortly after that, he goes to the disciples, Peter, James, and John, and he says, follow me. You know, he tells them to lay down their nets and deep for the catch. They pull it in, you know, and then he says, follow me, and they drop their nets immediately and follow him. So we looked at this and said, okay, well, Jesus gives us the steps to becoming a disciple. Repent, believe, and follow. So now we've been through Believe with Deacon Jeff last week. He stepped in for you when you couldn't be here. And, and so this week, you know, we're going to be talking about following Jesus. And last week, what it means to truly be a disciple is to follow. And last week, we really talked about in Believe, like, there comes a point where you have to take that step. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to trust. You have to surrender. You have to start moving from the head to the heart. We can be people full of knowledge of Christ and knowledge of Catholicism and all those things, but if it doesn't move to our heart, then we never truly live them out. And we're just a lot of smart people that don't get it. That's what we talked about last week. So, you know, the third step here is just following Jesus. And, you know, let's take it from Jesus himself. He said it in the in the Gospels numerous times, you know, in Matthew 16, 24. It says, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The next one. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. That's Matthew four nineteen when he called Peter and James and John. And then here's again, this he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to them, follow me. That's when he calls Peter again the second time after he's denied him, right? You know, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Follow me is the last thing he says. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told me. And Matthew got up and followed him. That's Matthew 9, 9. Again, Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess, and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. That's to the rich young man that couldn't give up his wealth. Uh, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. John ten twenty seven. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. That's John one forty three. So when Jesus starts calling these folks, right, and they see things, and usually things have happened for him to, like he's performed a miracle or he's done something to show them who he is and they start to believe and then his next command is follow me and they get up and they go. So the thing I want to talk about a little bit to start with is this is often the time where, where discipleship stalls, right? We have that belief, We're like yeah, I do believe Jesus is the son of God, I, I have repented of my sins, but man, that whole following part, that scares me, and it's difficult. And a lot of people stall there because they don't know how to. They don't know what their gifting is. They're, they're afraid. There's so many reasons. And so I want to start there and talk about some of those, Victor, and just why
1: it's such a struggle to follow Jesus well. Well, you're talking about a major transition. Yeah. Uh, and any time you're in transition in, in life, uh, it's usually because of something happened that was unplanned or something that you have to make a decision then and there. Yeah. So, so that transition from belief to follow, in a sense of the spiritual sector of our lives, is it's a great giving up of sure. things which we feel is what makes us who we are. So, therefore, we're going to hold on to that as tight as we can. But when we look at it as a spiritual mind, what it is is like giving up all the junk that we've surrounded ourselves with that like route crowded our heart mm-hmm. from really truly loving others and really being participant of life around us. Um, it's all clutter. And so once we kind of just, you know, just dis, uh, use all that stuff, we, we scatter it to the winds and say, I don't need this anymore. Then the openness of the heart allows us to understand what to follow means. It means don't just like give up everything. It's like choosing a new way to seeing the world and to also to see what the church is all about. The church is a body of people, it's not buildings. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get stuck there. It's like, well, it means I got to do. All this stuff, I have to be here all the time, and all you know, the dedication of my time is, sure. is important. But yet, I also want to make sure I have time for myself. Well, when you dedicate your life to a service, you know, you're doing something more profound yeah. than than what your your small mind is capable of understanding. Did you just call our listeners small-minded people? Is that no, what you did? No, I'm I'm a small-minded person. <laughs> no, I'm that's kidding. What I'm saying. Dude, but, that's beautiful. But, like, what, but that's the that's the thing we struggle with is that. We just don't see beyond the moment where we were facing at the time. Sure, No.
0: And that's beautiful. Like you, you literally just did a beautiful job of describing all of that. It, it is that decision to leave those other things behind mm-hmm. and to choose. And that's why the rich young man went away sad because he couldn't do it. He was too attached to the things of the world. And who am I going to be without this? And I've worked so hard for this and how could I leave it behind and, and all of those things. But Really, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, the number one is probably shame, guilt, and unworthiness. We just don't believe that Jesus could love us or could possibly need us. Or why right? would he? Why would he want me? Yeah. yeah. Why? Yeah. I mean, I know that he's seen everything I do and the struggles yeah. I have and the sins that I keep repeating and all those things. And and we're not the only ones to think that, right? Mm. I mean, we just had readings on. I think it was this past Sunday where you had the first. Yeah, it was this past Sunday. You had the first reading of Isaiah. The second reading was about Paul, and the third was about you know Peter and the calling of Peter. And all of those guys, it, when the Lord came to them, the first thing out of their mouth was basically admitting their shame and their guilt and their faults. Mm-hmm. You know, Isaiah starts saying, when he sees the Lord in the temple, he says, woe is me, I'm doomed, for I'm a man of unclean lips. You know, he's immediately just pronouncing his his unworthiness and his right. own shame and guilt. Like, God knows that he's not worthy. right? But we feel like, I have to, know I'm not your guy because you don't know what I've done. and and you know you don't sully yourself by coming to me and all those things and but you know they all have done that. Peter says, "Get away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man." You know, he sees what the Lord has done and he hits his knees. And that's one of my favorite scenes in the chosen is when he hits him and he says, "Look up, fisherman. Lift your head, fisherman." You know, and he says, "Follow me." Mm-hmm. And Peter's just sitting there like, "Dude, you know who you're talking to? Like I am not worthy." Right. And 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 so that stops us often. You know, Paul, the same thing, even after everything he sits there and he says, I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle. Because he always had that shame and guilt of, of murdering people mm-hmm. and and of persecuting Christ, and yet God still shows up and says, no, I don't care, follow me, follow me. I know what I'm getting into, I know who I'm talking to, I know what I'm asking of you. I know your limits and your capabilities. Like, follow me. But we don't want to a lot because we're, shame, we're full of shame and guilt and unworthiness, and that's something we have to fix, we talked about a lot, is we have to look at ourselves Our worth doesn't come from what we think of ourselves, but what God thinks of us. And so that's a transition we have to make there. But another reason is our selfishness, Mm -hmm. right? Like we simply, as you said, we don't want to give up our stuff. Like, who am I going to be without this? If I'm not the life of the party guy that gives up drinking anymore, my friends are going to want to hang out with me. If I'm not, you know, the guy that's willing to, to, to go to the bar every night of the week or to go you know to over to the water cooler and talk about women in a way that's not appropriate like if i if i give all that up then i'm not going to be cool anymore or people aren't going to like me so we want to be able to be that guy and this new guy you know we want it and that's where masks develop right like i'm going to wear this when i'm here and this when i'm at church and and we become very duplicitous mm-hmm. in all of that and so you know, we want our cake and eat it too, and we want to follow Jesus, but we don't want to give up those things that, that it calls us to. Right, and we're all
1: very skillful, or, uh, skillful at developing our own persona as what we want other people to perceive us. Right. I mean, high school, college, think about, I mean... Yeah, oh no. You, it's yeah. one of those things where we all know what we're talking about is that we try to be somebody that wanted to project an image of who we wanted to be, and, and that's the thing is like... Book of Judges, you talked about all these other, you know, the yeah. disciples, but the Book of Judges, there's tons of full of people who God called to be leaders of the, the tribe of Israel, right? Sure. So a lot of them had issues with, with like, I am not the right person to do this. Sure. You know, and Samson, we all know about Samson, he was chosen to be a leader, but yet what did he do? He went off the... You know, press people, you know, and stuff, and, yeah. and and kind of lose that time he should have been leading his people and going other way, mm-hmm. you know. But later, later, we all know he was sanctified, you know, and j- whatever the word was. <laughs> I'm trying to say, nice sanctified, but what he was just kind of justified and coming yeah. back, and God giving the the grace of gift again. To be who he was, who he was right. born
0: to be. Well, Moses is another one. I mean, right. you know, he's like, Lord, I can't even talk, right? He's like, I've stuttered. You don't want to use me, right. kind of thing. <laughs> so we all start there, but the Lord sees past that, right? And and he's like, I don't, care. I wouldn't have come to you if I didn't think that you could do what I'm going to ask you to do with my grace and with with my love and with my mercy. The other thing is fear, you know. I mean, well, first of all, with the with the selfishness, we basically become really good players of spiritual hokey pokey. Mm-hmm. We're jumping one foot in and one foot out, one foot in and one foot out, and that's not going to work. You know, eventually you're going to get squished in the middle of that jump because you're you're just people are going to see you're not the person you 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 say you are, and, and you're going to lose people on both sides. So we have to pick that side. Fear of what it's going to cost us. It always comes down to fear. Well, if I do this, I'm going to lose this. Exactly what we've been saying, or um, fear I'm not worthy. That's all of that stuff wrapped up into fear. But one of the biggest things I would say is that's a detriment to following Jesus. One of the biggest reasons why we don't follow him well is just passivity. Mm-hmm. Right? We get comfortable and we think, well, if I just check enough boxes or if we simply, you know, do a few spiritual things and go to mass every once in a while that it's enough, you know, that God loves me and his mercy is infinite. Right. And if he's really loves me the way he says he does, then I won't go to hell for not doing all these things he needs. He he couldn't possibly send me to hell. And we start get you know to become very presumptive people and just start thinking, well, it's not so much about what I do, it's what God's going to do for me. And no, we have an active part to play in the plan of salvation. I mean, Jesus is very clear about that. Like, you have to do what I've said. If you don't, there's consequences. we talked about that in the gut check episode and all those things. But, you know, we honestly, we get to the point where we think following Jesus doesn't require a lot from us. You know, that we presume that, like I said, in his mercy, it'll grant us eternal life without any real effort on our part. So, but I mean in the definition of passivity literally means acceptance of what happens without active response or resistance right so it's just like yeah I'm good with that and I don't have to do anything I'll just get on the you know on the on the lucky cruise over here and just cruise my way into heaven and that's not right. going to happen So like what does it look like then if it's not passivity then what is it about well it's about it's about action like following Jesus isn't about passivity it's about making a choice in the moment and saying you know what He's done something for me that I could not do for myself and I'm going to go repay him because that's where my joy is going to be. And this is what I'm called to, right? If he's really the Lord and the master of my life, that that means when he tells me something, follow me, that's a command. And I respond to that, that command. It's just like when we go up to take the Eucharist every single time we should be leaving, leaving that mass or leaving that moment, heading back to that pew to pray and going, Lord, how do I respond to this? Mm -hmm. Help me to respond. There has to be a response to this command Right. And so every single time at mass, that's an invitation to follow him again. So what does it look like? Well, God asked Isaiah, you know, after Isaiah does all that, you know, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. You know, they touch the ember on his tongue. It burns away his sinfulness, which is confession for us, right? Going and getting right with the Lord. And then he says, whom shall I send? God asked him who's going to go now. You know, who will go for us? And Isaiah just yells, here I am, send me, Mm -hmm. right? He's ready to take action. He realizes I've repented, I believe, and now that belief has to be lived out. That's what faith is, is belief lived out. And it requires action on my part. Same thing with Peter, James, and John. You know, he asked Peter, James, and John to follow him, and they dropped their nets and left immediately. Now, people go, well, how could they leave their families and all that? Look, they were commanded by God, and they accepted. They believed this is the Lord. This is the Messiah I've been waiting on, and I'm going to give up everything. This is what's important in my life. Now I'm not telling you guys if the Lord calls you, leave your family and go off and right. be a hermit somewhere. It's more of like, let me leave behind the things that I don't need to have in my life anymore. Let me leave behind the gambling and the porn and the and the the drinking and the and the way that I, the anger and the unforgivingness and the wounds that I let fester in my life. Let me let me let go of those things and the worldly desires and things that pull me towards this person I don't want to be, let me let all of that go and drop my nets right now and follow Jesus. You know, as you said earlier, so eloquently in the show, is to, to cut those things off and let them go to the wind. You know, with Philip, he told him to follow him and he immediately went and brought Nathaniel to him. You know, this is the th- same thing with Mary. You know, when, when the angel tells her what's going to happen and she becomes pregnant, she runs off and tells Elizabeth, right? You start to act on this knowledge mm-hmm. and this faith that we have. So, you know, same thing with Paul. When Paul's struck down and, and he's blind, the Lord tells him, Go to Antioch and wait three days. What does he do? This guy that was, you know, ten minutes earlier on the way to kill a bunch of people gets up and goes right there. The people pick him up and lead him there and leave him there for three days, and he waits patiently. That's a he was commanded and that's an action. He still took that action, but he waited there for the Lord to do to what he said he was going to do. And that's the thing. Jesus' invitation always requires action on our parts. But what kind of action is that, Victor? I mean it's 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 it is a a changing of our lives. That's what it is. Is a giving up of these other things and a changing of our priorities. You know our our hobbies, our favorite sports teams and everything else like that, we have they have to take a back seat to him. Doesn't mean you can't be the guy you are anymore. It doesn't mean go burn all your Titans jerseys or whatever that means. It just means the focus of our life, everything that we do has got to start and end with him. And we become men that live for him. And the things that aren't of him or that don't benefit him are the things that are, are removed from our lives, right? And the things that call us away from him. So we have to let everything else in our life take a back seat to him. And yes, that even means our wife and our children. But Jesus isn't ever going to ask you to, to make them take a back seat. Mm. It's just he is more important than they are. We have to get that right in our heads. If we don't have that right, we don't get anything else right. And we talk about that in the narrow road every month. You know, we have to seek his will above ours each and every day. Right, it's no more. What do I want? It's what does he want? And when I say that, I have to mean it. Like I don't have to go. I can't go. I want your will, Lord. And he's like, okay, well, I want you to go, drop everything you're doing, and take a week off, and go to Guatemala and serve the poor. And you go, yeah, I'm not really into that. Is there a, like a door number two is or there a
1: place where not bugs, is, <laughs> right. that would, you know, that would kill me? Right, yeah. there's yeah. not an option. Right. It's
0: like I'm, I asked it for his will, and I and I and I sought it, and I'm going to go do right. it. You know, in doing it, no matter how difficult or scary it is. Right, it was very scary when I quit my job of you know 401k and making good money and all that to go join a ministry making a third of what I used to make. But it's what he asked me to do, and I trusted him and I took action. You know, we have to do the same things in our lives, um, and I don't mean just running around aimlessly doing a bunch of things that are Catholic just to be doing them. Right? Let's clarify on that. It doesn't mean like go sign up for everything out there that's Catholic. That's not that. What it means is going out and being intentional. Lord, what do you want me to do? you know, becoming intentional about seeking and understanding his will. And that's the last point I want to make is how does it, how does intentionally following Jesus in our lives look? Well, there's three real things I would leave you with here because everybody wants to know how to one, ask, <laughs> ask, pray for him to reveal his will in your life every day. Show me what you want of me. And God's not always going to show up and give you what you want when you want it, right? You're going to have to ask again and again and again. He only gives you so much light to light your path in the next step. So you have to be okay with that. But constantly, Lord, uh, you woke me up again today. I know it's for a purpose. What is that purpose? You know, is it to be a better father or a better husband or to be a better employee or to help somebody at church? Show me what it is and let me go see it. Two, when he gives that to you, as we talked about a minute, going to another country that maybe. Whatever he asks that you may go, ew, I didn't want that. Like mm-hmm. pick another card, you know? It's submitting. That's the second thing. Ask and submit. That means dying to yourself and your selfish desires and your fears of giving yourself over to them and give yourself in complete trust. Lord, I don't think this is a good option. It doesn't look good to me, but you're God and I'm not. And this is what you're asking of me. And if I'm going to be a true disciple, that means I got to go do what you ask. Or at least I got to do my durnedness to to discern what it is, if this is really what you're asking and mm-hmm. figure that out and do it. Last is respond, right? So once you have asked, you've submitted, now comes the response. Because people all the time say, I'll give you my life, Lord, I give it to you. But it's the response, as I said again, the action that lacks. So we have to, after submitting, we have we have to become intentional by shrugging off passivity and taking action to follow His will in our life. Just saying, Lord, I'm yours. And this is what you ask of me. This is what you made me for. And I may not understand it. I may not agree with it. But you're God. And this is what you're, you know, and I have to follow what you've asked of me. Now, to you out there listening, I mean, Victor, I mean, you may want to say something here at the end. It's not easy. We don't claim this is easy. We're just trying to lay the, the roadmap out there. It's a tough road to, to walk, but you got to start somewhere. And these are places where you have to start in becoming a disciple. You have to, you have to repent, you have to believe, and you have to follow. And following means asking, submitting, and responding to as well.
1: And the word you talked about is, is intention. What is what is it that I feel that God is leading me to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't want to mirror somebody else's because right. that's their, their intention. That's their calling. And it's I know it's tough. I know it's very difficult to figure out what is it that I was created for? What is it that I was supposed to do? What is it that I can bring to um, the table of the, the, the church? And it could be something very simple. I mean, it could be where you're like always had a desire to, you know, feed the hungry or... To help the people, heal people, you know, if you're in medical field or whatever, dental, whatever, you know, you have a gift already there. But the thing is, if it's something like you're just doing regular business, and you don't know what it is. I mean, pray intently. You know, yeah. what more can I do for you? And and it's maybe something you had no idea that you had a gift in, and it will maybe reveal to you at that very moment. Right. Yeah. And a
0: lot of times, what God's going to ask you to do may not be the most comfortable thing. And a lot of the reasons but is because He's trying to move you from but a it's place. Fun. Right. Back. Yeah. Following yeah. Jesus is never about comfort. No. We've talked about that no. a million times, right? The quote we have on the church, you know, you were not made for comfort, you were made for greatness by Pope Benedict XVI. Jesus said following him is going to be hard, but it is so rewarding. It you is. get to live a life that is better than any life that's not concerned with any of the stuff of the world. It's concerned about following him and the joys that come from servitude and from living a life as a disciple. So if you want to become one, go back and listen to these three episodes in a row. Start listening about what they talk about and do what we've said here. you know. But guys, I hear that music. Look, every apostle took action after Jesus invited them to follow him. Don't make the mistake of thinking you don't have to do the same. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, You have called us all to repent, believe, and follow you. Unfortunately, many of us have become passive due to selfishness or fears of what following you will cost us. Help us to realize that truly following you requires intentional action on our part. And Lord, whenever we find ourselves struggling to understand how to follow you, remind us to ask you about, to submit to, and to respond to your will. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew.